all of it kind of just comes together with the fact that like music is music and you like what you like and mm-hmm. um there's no need to you know be ashamed of the music you listen to and you know what's also important is to not shit on other people for liking what they like so that way we don't have to feel the shame stop the stigma but i'm still gonna shit on people who like mgk even though like i said before <laughs> we're on good terms i was literally just gonna say that i knew you were gonna say it it was like except for I mgk like, right like, come on michelle <laughs> makes you just want to keep going with it so (laughs) guilty pleasures man i have always found that to be such a like stupid phrase you know why do we have to feel guilty about finding joy in something and you know while i do hold this stance today on the mosh pit we're gonna take a break from pop punk and be discussing our guilty and not so guilty pleasures because let's be honest, for some of us pop punkers, admitting we like someone in the mainstream, like, say, Ed Sheeran, can be tough. But I am Michelle, and I will admit loud and proud that I love that little redhead. And I am joined by my co-hosts, Brianne and Kelly. Ladies, what are your thoughts on the concept of guilty pleasures? I just feel like it's a construct of society to make us feel bad about <laughs> things. And Here we go. Yes, I'm going to actually philosophize over this guy. Um, no, but in all honesty, it's it's just the concept of people judging other people for their choices. Now, there's a difference between guilty pleasure of, like, a music or a food or whatever. And then if you, like, are like, oh, my guilty pleasure is that, like, I'm kind of, like, think Hitler wasn't a bad guy. That you need to fucking check yourself. But... <laughs> normal things like food I and never music thought of there's something no like that in the concept of guilty pleasure i haven't yeah. either it was just more of like i was trying to think of something really extreme and i didn't know what to say <laughs> I see. but uh yeah no i just think when it comes to something if you like something you like it who gives a shit what other people think um that's kind of the whole point of pop punk so like don't give a shit about what other people think so i kind of feel like guilty pleasures should be just chucked out the window they should just be pleasures Yes, exactly. I totally agree. I feel like I've, I don't know, I've never really, like, fallen into, like, peer pressure or, like, conforming to what people think. I don't know. I, they're definitely, you know, being so obsessed with the pop punk scene. Like, do I feel weird that I'm an absolute Backstreet Boy fanatic? Like, sometimes. (laughs) But I'm not ashamed of it. I agree with you. Um, so, you know, the the idea for today's show to take a pop punk break stemmed from a couple of things, you know, and it was this kind of guilty pleasure idea, right? Like, I, I, I recently realized I loved One Direction. Not just liked, but loved. Um, you know, they've never really been on my radar, and I didn't really think about how I felt about them or any of that, but... You know, they, they just kind of existed in the world of music. 
And um, recently, my dad was playing some music and while we were hanging out, and you know, he play- he played that um, uh, really popular Harry Styles song that was uh, that out on like all the radio stations a while back. Watermelon um, Sugar. No, uh, Adore You. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, we were talking about how he was part of One Direction, so my dad started playing some some One Direction, and I knew like a suspicious amount of the lyrics <laughs> for an obnoxious amount of the One Direction songs. So I really could come to no other conclusion that, you know, I just must be a subconscious One Directioner. Um, you know, and I haven't been into boy bands since my youth. Um, so this idea of guilty pleasures kind of came about, but also as a group, we decided that we wanted to take an episode break from pop punk to try and branch out a little bit because you know we've been doing this for some time now and actually it's one year of the mosh pit i can't believe it's been a year that's so weird guys so right it's it's uh it's flown by also in my head i always associate it with we started the podcast because of the pandemic but that's not true at all it's actually we started it right at the perfect time and we're like wow we now have all this extra time because we can't leave our house. I guess this is the perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah, we, we decided to right before, and then it's like, oh, okay, well, we've got the whole, like, virtual co-host thing figured out. We were ahead of the curve of most uh, podcasts who do it in public or in person. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, we're celebrating that today, and if you're not feeling the vibes today because we're not talking pop punk, feel free to check back in with us next week. Um, we're gonna judge you but whatever but you can also stick around and celebrate with us because we have uh some fun announcements to celebrate our one year anniversary um and you know you're not gonna want to miss us shooting the shit about our guilty pleasures like that's some real things like we know you all have them you know don't you want to stay and hang out with people you can relate to don't you want to come out of the shadows admit to the world that you love justin bieber that you dress up as Gaga on the weekends for open mic nights. That you cried when Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson broke up. That's right. I knew you'd come around. Now let's all take a seat and reminisce on the last year together. Because uh, it's been a wild one. So the first year of the Mosh Pit has been a wild one. We've evolved. We've changed. We've progressed. What do you think was the biggest change that we've made from the beginning to the end of this year, not the end of the podcast. So no one freak out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I think one of the biggest changes for us was, um, you know, I think initially when we set out, like a big part of this was going to be like talking about concerts and uh, we (laughs) haven't been able to do that. (laughs) I forgot that that was like the main point of us doing this. Oh, I just got so sad. <laughs> I remember yeah, back to like our first episode was literally talking about the pop punk still not dead tour or whatever the newfound glory yeah. oh god glory right. tour. oh my god so that weird. was like yeah and I, I think that's still gonna happen this year now maybe but anyway um yeah I think that was like the biggest thing and like we were talking about concert etiquette we were gonna like put that along with like our whole concert segments and they and they've all just kind of gone to shit those segments at least for now hopefully i was gonna say that was a carryover from the radio show because we were all going to concerts all the time in college Mm -hmm. especially because we were you know i mean for me i've never oh i've never lived in a place that has 
concerts close by I would always have to drive like an hour to Hartford or like two hours to Boston so living in Providence during college I was like holy shit there's actually concerts here that I don't have to drive like hours to get to so I was going to concerts any chance I could freaking get and yeah I just that's so funny it's just I feel funny like to think about the I feel like the biggest thing that ha- like that I've noticed change is I feel like we've all like this sounds really weird to say out loud I feel like we've all like gotten better at listening to music like yeah I just it sounds weird to say but like I feel like before the podcast I just like listen to stuff and like sometimes I vibe with it and I saved it and then listen to it a lot and that's all I listen to and now, like, when I listen to a song, I actually, like, think more about it. I'm like, why do I like this? Like, what do I like about this? And Developing like, your critical think thinking. More. I honestly, like, this is very <laughs> good personal development here. I feel like this would have been very beneficial if we were this in tuned with, like, critical thinking in college. It probably would have helped me on a lot of tests. But. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Life skills. Um. I think the biggest thing that I've noticed change is that at the beginning, it was just us, you know, shooting the shit and, you know, giving our opinions, which I mean, is still most of it, but we've actually been able to develop into enough where we're getting interviews with awesome bands. We're, you know, doing track by tracks. We're not just every week shooting the shit over and over and over again. We actually have like a structure because I feel like the beginning it was a little bit like we'll figure it out it'll be fine and like now we're actually like starting to like taking it seriously (laughs) at least at least yeah i mean mean, maybe our listeners are like these fuckers aren't doing shit (laughs) you look at these planning notes everyone just look at all of the time we spent on our notes i wish we had the notes saved from like the first episode It was literally like maybe four oh i have them all what you do oh my god we have to post like a uh, Instagram post of like uh, how it started, how it's One going. One versus thirty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what do you think is the biggest struggle we've had as a podcast? Like, what do you think we could be we overcame? Not necessarily, you know, something that we suck mm-hmm. at, but something that wasn't that great I... at the beginning. We've gotten better. I think, I think uh, um, kind of planning ahead a bit, you know, I think we've, we've got a little bit more of a handle on uh, creating our own content. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I would say we've gotten better at um, sharing lesser known bands. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that was something in our first kind of first handful of episodes, we were pretty focused on, you know, the, the big names in pop punk and sharing what we what we saw out there but now we're doing a lot more i think to search for new songs from from lesser known bands and kind of um spread the love yeah i think so and like you know give some of these newer bands a a shot and like sharing sharing songs of theirs that we like with our listeners um so i don't know that that was a struggle but um i think it maybe it sometimes is a struggle i guess to like find to like find some I mean of for those, me it's still a struggle because bands. you know <laughs> seeing grandma over here but, True. um 
So do you guys have a favorite episode or favorite, you know, something funny that happened or just, you know, just mm. to round this out? <laughs> oh. oh my God, so many funny moments. So many moments, guys. I mean, I, I love, I had fun during all our interviews so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, all of our interviews. In particular, been really fun. one of our most recent ones with Sage Viscovi of Signs of Progress. Go check oh it out. Oh my God, she is so oh, awesome. Yeah. It was, yeah, that a, was really a really fun, fun interview. Um, I also really enjoyed uh, our rematch interview, too. Mm. Yes, they were funny. But no offense to all of the bands that we've interviewed. I had a great time at all of them. <laughs> of course. <laughs> hmm. I can't remember what we were talking about, but there was one episode where someone said something stupid and then kelly got the giggles to the point i was of crying just say and, then, I was like, and then i start crying i got the giggles and we like had to pause for like 20 minutes as i attempted <laughs> to recover myself which that's just been didn't... like at least two episodes but the problem no but the one i'm <laughs> thinking least. of the problem was is that as kelly like was on her downturn i started getting the giggles and laughing and crying and then that restarted kelly's bullshit and it was just like this long thing and michelle was just staring at both of us like the fuck is wrong with you guys like (laughs) when i get the giggles like for real get the giggles there's just honestly nothing that there's nothing that can happen to fix it like there just isn't like it just (laughs) needs to have its course (laughs) and it just needs to it just needs to find its end and that's it um but yeah that the couple times that i got the giggles were were pretty funny um i probably would say my favorite episode was our um our wake up sunshine track by track that was just like really fun because i feel like we were all super super hyped and we just like obviously loved every song i feel like sometimes oh this could be a struggle for me i guess doing the podcast is um, having negative opinions about things, I hate it. Like I well, hate especially because... having negative opinions. So I think that's probably why the Wake Up Sunshine episode was one of my favorites because it was all positive. We were all like, "I love this. This is a great song." It was I... also like our first one, so we were like super yes. hyped on that too, and yeah, like we probably went true. like a little too hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing is hard too. Like Kelly mentioned about saying negative things. Like, yeah, obviously. It's- it's Kelly and Michelle and I do kind of go at people eventually, but it's really hard, you know, to say negative things about bands you truly love. Like, mm-hmm. you know, true. I it, they might have a sh- like the Newfound Glory episode where we went after them for that album. Like, it's so it was so hard for me to actually get that point, but I was just, you know, you hold them in such a high regard because you love them, and then they do, you know, they let you down and. You know, I feel like there's that weird equilibrium of, like, I don't want to trash a band I love, but at the same time, y'all got to better step up your freaking game. So, <laughs> yeah, and we have to be honest. Like, we're not going to lie to our listeners and be like, Can't just this is awesome. Home. We love this album. Like, we're not going to do that. <laughs> True. I mean, y- you guys can tell by our track by tracks when I fucking just start screaming about MGK and <laughs> and, oh and mods. I think my favorite part actually was my rant about Mod Sun's porn star song. I think that might be oh my, my favorite one. Oh, wait, also, guys, wait, I'll say I have a funny story about that. Oh my god, I am so talk about a fucking guilty pleasure. 
I well, not even guilty pleasure. It was like I, I'm just really upset with my mind. It just like got stuck in my head, and I started like singing it in my head the other day, <laughs> and I was so mad at myself. I'm like, I don't like no. Like right in the middle of me singing it in my head, I was like, no, stop. Oh god. <laughs> so the other like the Friday after that episode came out, um, Slate and I were cooking uh, dinner. And usually we'll put on music and I was like, oh, have you listened to our track by track? He was like, no. I'm like, well, I'll put on the album. We can talk about it. So we're like listening or whatever. And I told him about how I thought annoying was like, it reminds me of him. And he was like, what? And because all he heard of the lyrics was, and it's so fucking annoying. And I'm like, no, listen to the whole chorus. And so we like stopped at what we were doing. He like paid attention to the lyrics. He was like, oh, and then I'm like, as the song is ending, I'm like, the next song is fucking awful. Be ready. And oh my god. We had we were searing steak and our um our vent on our microwave sucks, so we set up the fire alarms all the time, even if it's just like steam. So we had the back door or the front door open to let the steam out. And we had, like I didn't realize how loud it was gonna be. So you just hear like fuck me like a porn star, like, screaming out the door, and my neighbors were, like, outside, oh, and it's so awkward. <laughs> and I'm like, Alexa, turn the volume down! That's amazing. Lovely. Is it time to move now? Are you gonna move? I might have to, um, but luckily my, my neighbors <laughs> are very sweet. They're, but the problem is, is that my whole, um, I live in a condo, so the whole block is all, like, either elderly people or, like, borderline like maybe late 60s like they're all like my parents age and older Mm -hmm. so it's just me and Slayton that are young so it's a little awkward uh having that kind of music being blasted out from my front door so that's fun I feel uncomfy all over yeah (laughs) all right everyone pick one goal that we want to accomplish before uh what is this February of 2022 okay hmm. I feel like most of my goals now involve like getting bands I like to come on the show I feel like that's a lot of my goals I feel like I really who do I really want on the show this year um, that's attainable too because hmm. I mean like I, that's like attainable too like you don't want to throw out like I want all-time low on, the- <laughs> on here you Let's never know guys you never know Alex Gaspar um, did like one of our um, Instagram posts. One wait, point. did he? At the very beginning, yeah. Oh, the one where he had right. the title about him. Yeah. Um, I, oh yeah, but he's a furry. Do you think? Do you think that that Ollie Baxter would ever come on the show? Do you think that's realistic? Ooh, that would be fun. All right, let the campaign begin. That is your goal. That's my goal. So I think the band for me that I would want on the show would be Meet Me at the Altar. And I think they've become a little bit less attainable, but still attainable. That's a really good one. I I wanted to get them on this year, I feel like, and didn't quite work. Did not succeed. Work in our favor yet. All right. Two really good goals. What do you got, Brie? I would say my own. My goal is to get uh, Brienne doesn't know back up and running because we're, <laughs> we're making some uh, some like format changes for it just because I'm super fucking awkward and I hate just watching myself <laughs> talk to a screen and I just feel so weird and I don't think it's that funny. So hopefully the changes will, you know, make things a little bit better for everyone involved and not just, you know, me. <laughs> um, so that's one. And then I think the other goal is 
I would say um, I want to get better at finding music for the podcast because all the new stuff usually comes from you guys discovering people. Like, I want to discover at least one or two bands by the end of the year, and that is a lot for me. That's a good goal. I like it. Which is sad because that should just be part of my job description, but, like, I I just suck. I listen to Michelle and I are just so good at it. That's true. That, That's what like, we're able, we're able to just cover it. But, you know, two mm-hmm. bands. Let's do it, Brie. I got you it. You got it. All right. Do you know what another great goal would be uh, for us? What? To make a lot of money. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you want to know how we can make a lot of money? Raking the cash this year. How? Goal number f- four. <laughs> we can get every one of our listeners to buy our awesome new merch. <laughs> so guys uh that is the big announcement for this episode is that we have been working with different um companies and stuff trying to figure out what we're going to do so we've got it nailed down now that we are going to be releasing merch uh kelly kind of knows more of the logistical side of things so i'm going to throw it to you to explain the let whole me thing. tell you all the deets get ready we are super super excited We've got the Mosh Pit merch coming your way. Um, We're going to have an online web store where you are able to purchase any of the designs that you like, and they will be uh, shipped to you. So we'll do, um, we'll let you know when the merch is available for purchase on our social media. Um, and once it's available, the web store will launch for a certain window of time. So it's very exclusive. You got to get in there when we tell you to get in there. Um, but you'll be able to purchase any of our designs. Probably my favorite is our extremely stylish crew neck (laughs) sweatshirt, the Mosh Pit Podcast, and, um, our lovely saying, Pop Punk Advocate, on the back so we are super super excited it's extremely comfy and just all around awesome i'm gonna jump in right now as we are recording i am wearing our sample of it and i'm gonna tell you right now guys it's probably one of the comfiest sweatshirts that i own the inside is super duper soft um they are unisex sizing so keep that in mind um because originally I was going to get one size and I exercised down and thank God I did. Um, (laughs) Because it's very large, but it's super comfy, super soft. I never want to take it off. It's awesome. And we're also going to have some Mosh Pit podcast logo t-shirts and, you know, likely some more designs in the future. So tell us what you like and what you want to see, what kind of merch you want, and we will likely expand our store as well this year so um we want to see all of you all of our listeners in some mosh pit merch this year so be on the lookout we'll talk about it more on the show once the um once the store launches but follow all of our social media instagram at the mosh pit pod and um on facebook the mosh pit podcast is that right don't know you can just like search yeah. it, right? Is that a thing? Okay. <laughs> very good. Very good at social media. Um, so yeah, check out check out our pages and we'll uh, we'll let you know when the store is live. Yeah. All right. So, um, 
from pop punk because you know what we earned it we talked a lot about pop punk and we deserve to talk about other things that we like like our guilty pleasures um so for me one of my biggest guilty pleasures which i hate to call it a guilty pleasure but it is is taylor swift um same she's like who doesn't though like who doesn't love taylor swift but she's like one of those artists that people love to hate Mm-hmm. like nickelback i, I think really? people love to hate her because she's like a powerful I know, woman yes i know <laughs> so many people who hate taylor swift they're like her music yeah. isn't good she's overrated she's a bitch and i'm like do you oh know her God, personally i don't awful. think so yeah so i just yeah I yeah i definitely agree. have i have maybe like not thought she was overrated but like i'm just like eh, she's fine but then i'm like no, I actually love a lot of her music. She's more than fine. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things you go through it in your head. You're like, oh, that's a great song. That's a really good song, too. Oh, and, there, and there's this one. Oh, and then there's that one. And you just keep listing things off you just like, I feel like she's one of the people, like, you can't deny. She's an amazing musician. She's an amazing artist. True. Like, oh, she just really is. Sure. Like, when you listen to her lyrics and her and her songs, like, she's just a really good artist. Like, I feel like you can't deny that. She's also, like, mm-hmm. an amazing performer. Have you guys watched her yes. reputation tour on um, Netflix? Sure they, uh, have. <sighs> it's insane what, like, she does. Like, yeah. just all the costume changes and all, you know, the all the different things. It was just crazy. But. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, she was she, great. I think um, as, in terms of, like, talent for her, I think she, uh, it shows when she can re-record the same song that she had out ages ago and still have it like blow up today because mm-hmm. you know it, it's just so like um it hits real hard like uh so so about two weeks ago taylor released or re-released her new recording of love story also that uh just just uh date wise um the first um release date of that album was back in 2008 so it's been over a decade and her voice sounds exactly the same. Oh my god, fantastic. But so this uh this re-recording is the first of um of Fearless is re-release going uh, coming out on April 9th. It's going to feature 26 songs total including um like You Belong With Me, 15 and six unreleased tracks that she wrote when she was a teenager. Um and that's very exciting. I think this is awesome cuz you know this mm-hmm. goes back to what we talked about um in the episode with Kanye West trying to get his masters back. Um, she's redoing this so she can own the masters to all her music. And I think that's phenomenal because not only is she, you know, providing more, um, more, uh, music out there in the in well, her scene, not our scene. Um, but you know, it's, uh, she's making like a power move for all musicians. Yes. So for sure. Um, I also, I just think that she is so like not only is she doing good things for the music industry as a whole but like her versatility is like insane starting off from country which it makes mm-hmm. sense she's a really well really good storyteller and like country's known for like the stories and the lyrics and all that kind of stuff and portraying a picture and then transitioning to like top 40 pop and then now with her um folklore and then evermore is that the mm-hmm. second one um mm-hmm. she's super it's all folk indie kind of music and she released two albums in less than a year. And Insanity. It, in quarantine. And it's just insane how quickly she can, you know, get a pen to paper, how quickly she can, like, 
I mean, it also has to, it says something because she's so popular. Like, I don't think one of our, like, smaller bands could obviously turn something like that that quickly. But just her ability to adapt and move with where she is in her personal life and then, you know, put out that new music. And then on top of dropping two new albums, she's also re-recording all this music. So she's just, like, she's just going, just going, going. along. Yeah. It's impressive, her work ethic. Yeah, she is actually quite the badass. Mm-hmm. Quite, yeah. She just transcends genre. Like, she can just do whatever the heck she wants, and it's going to be good. Like, it's just how it is. <laughs> Starting the campaign for pop punk Taylor Swift. Oh, my God. Like, honestly, <laughs> she could probably be good at it. Like, probably I don't know. <laughs> if someone that can be good at country, pop, and folk, like... If there's a person that can do all of that, you know, likely they could do other stuff too. Hmm. Um, okay, so enough of praising the queen of pop and, and every other genre, apparently. Um, <laughs> another, Never another, enough. Another guilty pleasure, well, not guilty pleasure, but another top 40 artist that um, I'm really into, um, which I'm a little sad because now I'm not as into him after the whole Super Bowl thing is the weekend um i did really i do really like a lot of his like individual songs i haven't listened to any album in like full length but the super bowl for me was just so weird like it was so weird he's just a strange person <laughs> great musician but a strange person I'm like that like... whole s- surgery shit i don't even know what will i just know that he wears wore bandages for a while i don't miss you know more about that right yeah it was apparently like this whole like PR type stunt like um to kind of go with along with his uh music video for I don't remember what song but he basically got lights. like he's been like wearing bandages on his face like every now and then throughout the like last year and then he like came out with like photos of him like post quote-unquote plastic surgery and he looked awful like it was uh... like his cheeks were huge it, like, he looked but it was all prosthetics and it was all like a performance piece basically like a commentary on plastic surgery and you know our society's um view on uh, obsession i guess with appearance and whatnot and vanity and all that crap yeah i mean sure i mean it was pretty cool but like i was very surprised by the whole because i thought it was real when he got the plastic surgery i was like oh god why would he do something <laughs> like that <laughs> oh god yeah i i was expecting to see him with that all at the super bowl and then he didn't have it and i was like what is going on yeah. Interesting. I, I, I honestly was never super into The weekend. Like, I don't know. I The only song I, like, actually like of his is the one from Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, oh, well, uh, Worth one. it. Another guilty pleasure. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> the books I, were great. The movies were trash. Well, okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like... I just have never been a super big fan of him. And then after the Super Bowl, I feel like I was just like, oh, no. I, I do appreciate the, I liked at the very, I liked the first like half of it. Like the huge wall with all of the musicians. Like that was really cool. The second cool. he went inside and was like having that weird, like, I felt like I was on a roller coaster when he was like pulling the camera into his face. My it was favorite. A oh, yeah, that, video. that gave me motion sickness. My yeah, from then on I was like, of- all of the Super Bowl were the memes that came after. Oh, God. Oh, so yes. Great. All the memes were amazing. 
like me facetiming my parents like with him <laughs> oh. in the mirror land whatever that was to circle back to taylor swift for a second not necessarily her but um her being a badass woman in this in like the music industry have you ever noticed that like in the recent you know past maybe five years of the super bowl anytime a man has re- been a the main act super bowl halftime has kind of sucked like Justin Timberlake let down, The Weeknd let down. Meanwhile, when there's women like Shakira and J Lo, fucking oh, Lady Gaga, I this is the hill I will die on. Lady Gaga was the best Super Bowl halftime <laughs> of our generation. That's just me. But I'm not here to fight you. <laughs> that is the hill I will die on because how fat, how much she was dancing and she actually sang the entirety of her songs. Meanwhile, Justin Timberlake barely sang half of his fucking songs. It was just kind of was like weirdly dancing through the crowd like no get get out of here so circle back around to the fact that women have to work twice as hard to get to where they are and because of that it shows in their performances where meanwhile guys are like cool i'm gonna mail this in or do something really fucking weird like the weekend because that obviously was you know took a lot of work but it wasn't great (laughs) that's a fair assessment i will get off my soapbox No, I mean, I, uh, the weekend I would say is definitely like a guilty pleasure for me because it's like, I don't realize I like, like him. I'm like, oh, this is kind of like whatever. But then I'm like bopping along to it. And yeah. Everything. I, 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 he does have like a good chunk of bangers. Um, and I actually, I mean, once he got out of that like weird mirror room, I think the performance got better. Like when they were, when all his like backup dancers were, were on, the, on field, the field, I think that, that was cool. Yeah, that part was, was cool. Um, but yeah, overall, like, uh, I mean, he's not anybody I would write home about, but definitely a guilty pleasure. Like, I, I enjoy listening to his music. Cal, do you, have a, do you have a top 40 guilty pleasure? It's gotta be the Beebs. Jay Beebs? Ew. The Beebs. I honestly, guys, I love him so much. Like, I am very excited <laughs> to be able to talk about him right now. Um <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when we were in college and Baby was, like, the big song? It was, like, of the course. song. Actually, was he... it? We, were, I, we might have been in high school at that point. No, we, it was our, our uh, freshman year. I, so I our freshman, so Kelly was in high school. school. When Baby came out, yeah. And before that, he had, like, One Time and One Last Lonely Girl. Oh, I forgot about me those. And my, me and my friends in high school are obsessed. Like, that's what we would, like, blast on the radio in the car and just, like... <laughs> absolutely like scream his songs oh my god oh okay i just need to compose myself for a second he's, yeah he's been through a lot too like i mean a lot he, of it was kind of oh like gosh. i mean he's a perfect example of yeah he's a perfect example of like the kid who grew up in the limelight and kind of mm-hmm. had his life fucked up because of it i mean he's been able to turn it around and you know keep going and isn't like a complete train wreck like a lot of people who do that but yeah you know it just he the whole like, all his trouble he got into and whatnot sucks so bad for him, and I do feel for him. But at the same time, a lot of it, like you said, Mish, was self-inflicted. Yeah, yeah. he's like, and um, it... I, I can see that, you know, as a, as an artist, as a person, whatever, he uh, he seems to be more grounded. I just, you know, I can't get over him when his dick phase, and I... I it, it, yeah. It you gotta watch his documentary. You gotta like, watch Seasons. Heard... You have to watch Seasons on, on YouTube, his documentary. I learned even after like following him kind of through I'm I I don't think any I I feel like a large chunk of his fans like gave up on him in that period including Mm -hmm. me like I didn't care what he was doing I just kind of stopped caring yeah um 
but I liked him before that and I like him now and I watched Seasons it was his documentary that I think it was like exclusively on YouTube so I don't know um uh, I think it was exclusively on YouTube but it was basically about like that time in his life um and like what he went through and um you know how he was able to turn things around and um you know what meeting Haley meant for you know his future and things like that um I don't know I think definitely his earlier music is a guilty pleasure for me like for sure like do I still listen to baby yes I do when I listen to Baby, and I get transported back to in the dorms, like rocking out freshman year up and down the yeah, hallways. Yeah, you just get like transported back to like not having a care in the world and just like it's it's great. But I will say his his newer music, his most recent album, um, I changes. Didn't even he, I didn't even know changes. he put out an album. I only heard like singles off of it. Yeah, so he put out changes in 2020, and it's very very different than you know, his, his bubblegum pop from mm-hmm. a decade ago, but, um, it's more like R&B inspired. Oh, and, like Yummy? Uh, oh, like Yummy was yummy? awful. Like, let's not even talk about that I one. I mean, I kind of <laughs> pretend that didn't happen. I didn't remember that existed until you just said that. <laughs> Literally, the reason why is I have Justin Bieber pulled up on Spotify, because I wanted to see what songs were off of changes and what were just singles, and that was the one song that popped out to me. I was like, oh, God, oh no, that. no, that one doesn't He's, count. Um, is Monster on um, Changes? No, no, I think that's just a single with um, Shawn Mendes, which uh, actually I listened to to the first time because of you putting it in the doc, Mish. I'd never heard that well, song. It's a, I so love it's it. actually um, quite a good song. And like, you know, talking about like how he's kind of faced his past and everything. It's a it's an interesting song um, that talks about that. You know, he's like, you know, I was playing the limelight as a kid and that fucked with me and I did some bad shit. And, uh, you know, you guys all might still see me as a monster that's kind of what i got the vibe from it and then i was like well that is that's me thinking about him i'm like i know i kind of feel bad because you know he's kind of putting it all out there bearing his soul and that's what music Mm -hmm. does right another person who also went through a lot of shit in the media who you know had a, a lot of you know put up on the pedestal and had to you know face her own challenges who also just had a recent documentary put out about her uh is is uh the I would say pop princess from our childhood, uh, Britney Spears. Definitely pop princess. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Britney Spears has, is again, just like Justin Bieber, started young, had a troubled, you know, she wasn't even youth. She was when she got married. But, like, because she was in the limelight for so long, everyone just thought of her as this, like, you know, good girl. But then at the same time, watching that documentary, because we were so young when Britney Spears was out, like, the amount of, the way the media sexualized her when she was a teenager mm-hmm. is disgustingly insane. Like, I knew that there were some things about it, but, like, holy shit. Watching, um, if you guys haven't watched it, go watch Framing Britney Spears on Hulu. Holy crap. Um, but, <laughs> hashtag free Britney. Um, <laughs> I am on the free Britney train, so, um, but yeah, it's just, she, you know, her her struggles were out in the public for everyone to see, and it sucked because even when before all that shit happened in her interview, she openly said, she was like, I don't want to do music full-time. I want to have a family. I want to settle down. I'd want to, like, 
you know, maybe put a single out here and there, but she's like, I don't want to tour. I don't want to do any of that. I just want to be a mom. Like even when she was young and now, you know, because of her conservatorship and her dad, like she was doing all those crazy performances in Vegas and it just, uh, I don't, I, there are so many layers to it, but in general, I just, she was someone who I listened to and it was very, one of those things I didn't listen to a lot of popular music when I was young because my parents were very controlling of the music and they're like here are like four bands you can listen to <laughs> which is Britney Spears LL5 Britney Spears NSYNC Backstreet Boys Christina Aguilera and that might honestly be it but <laughs> until I got into like until I got older you know what I mean but it just it's insane about how many times I listened to you know baby baby one more time and all that stuff and just never knowing how fucked up her life was, you know? You always think when you're that young that, you know, musicians are perfect and you idolize them and then you realize, oh, no, they're, oh, yeah. they're fucked up like they're the rest of too. us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're probably more fucked up than the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, I think um, with Britney, like, I, I was a huge Britney fan back in the day. And, um, and again, like, she's one of those that, like, kind of just um, – I think with, I mean, and I, I never disliked Britney, but I was just like, I kind of wrote her off as like, just, oh, she's like, you know, this dumb blonde kind of, um, mm-hmm. and I stopped listening to her for years. So like, I didn't care when like, you know, like things like Circus came out, Circus, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Came out. I was like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. Um, but you know, I, I'll always love the Britney of my youth and like, even like, I'm just impressed by her, like, especially, like, like, I didn't watch the documentary, but, like, I know the, the basics of her whole story and situation, and, um, you know, for her to do, like, all the cool shit she did, um, mm-hmm. you know, while dealing with all this is uh, impressive as fuck. So, it, I think, you know, it, it almost makes her a little bit more of an idol, like, seeing her less perfect, right, you know? Yeah, it makes her more real, someone you can mm-hmm. relate to. For sure. One of the things they explored in the uh, documentary was her relationship with Justin Timberlake. And I was such a JT stan for so long. I didn't know the crazy shit he said about her after they broke up, like talking about how they had sex and all this other shit, and which she said wasn't true. Um, but, I mean, even just that. But, I mean, I was, I know Kelly is going to be mad for me saying this. I was an NSYNC girl, not a Backstreet Boys girl. I did listen to Backstreet Boys, but in sync, bye bye bye. How do you not? Slaps. <laughs> uh, even their newer stuff, like the pop, dirty pop, great song. Um, yeah, I, I put <laughs> new way because that was their last album they released. Uh, yeah, because they're not the best boy band of all time because they don't still exist like the Backstreet Boys. Sorry, continue. <laughs> I have I have plenty of things I'm gonna shit on with the Backstreet Boys for, so don't you worry. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just remember, you know, like everyone had the, the NSYNC member. I mean, it's the same with Backstreet Boys, depending on which one you live, but like, you know, my sister loved, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. The other main singer. I love JT. My best friend from high school or not high school, but childhood loved Lance Bass. And I remember the day that he came out as gay, like she like imploded. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she posted on Facebook being like, my childhood is a lie. <laughs> um, but, um, oh my God, what is his name? Ch- uh, obviously Jay-Z not Christopher Patrick. Jay-Z, there it is. 
I knew it was two letters, and I kept hearing JT in my head. I'm like, nope, not that one. The other one. Um, that's right. That's, yeah, that's who my sister really liked. But, you know, it's it, you, you, you pick your team and you stick with it, but I, I just loved them. See, I didn't have a team. I loved really? both NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, like, equally. Like, I honestly don't remember liking one more over the other. I think, like, at a certain level, like, so I think there was a group of people that, like, liked both equally and, like, would listen to both. But if you were a super fan, you were only a super fan of one. Oh, well, then I'm in Michelle's camp, too, because I liked them both, but I just liked NSYNC a little bit more. Like, I wasn't that crazy person who, like, was like, ah, I need the t-shirts, I need the everything. NSYNC, first Backstreet Boys. Yeah, that which Kelly clearly was. <laughs> I can give you just a little bit of insight into the world of a Backstreet Boys super fan. Hello. Like, this is my confession like- video. Um, yeah. <laughs> It, Where's Usher so, when you need him? These are my confessions. Just like the level the level of obsession that both... Well, okay, so let me start with... My sister is the one that started this for me. She was obsessed with them before I was obsessed with them. It was kind of like a way of life in our family was to be a Backstreet Boys fan. Like, if you think about this, the Backstreet Boys became a band in 1993 when I was born. So, like, literally... Like, all I have ever known is to be a fan of the Backstreet Boys. Like, my first concert was Backstreet Boys, um, Black and Blue, maybe? No, before Black and Blue. I think I was literally five when I went to my first concert, and it was the Backstreet Boys at, like, what, <laughs> uh, the Fleet Center or something. Um, so, just, like, li- just the level of intense fandom that comes with, you know, being a Backstreet Boy fan was like, I took all these cues from my sister because I love my sister and I wanted to be like her. So she loved the Backstreet Boys and her room, was, she didn't have paint on her walls. She had Backstreet Boy magazines and like posters on her walls. Like she didn't have paint. I didn't know that she ever had paint on her walls. She had, <laughs> she made, um, I think she applied to be on one of like the fan shows on MTV. Like she had this like binder of, like applications for to like try to get on these fan oh shows and she um we made like a lego um a lego version of aj um <laughs> she had one of her friends for the black and blue concert draw all of aj's tattoos on her body um hot damn so like I'm this impressed. is the level this is the level of love <laughs> That we have for the Backstreet Boys in our family. It's in my blood. It's in my roots. It just is what it is. But they're also like it, they're just the number one boy band of all time. So like, here's have, here's like, where I come to shit on on Backstreet Boys a tiny bit. <sighs> Brian believes in QAnon. Oh no! I dropped that bomb. I don't, I, I can't. That is why I, I'm honestly debating about selling my ticket to uh, to their concert coming up. Because, uh, or no, wait, not Brian. Was it Brian or Kevin? Hold Your on, I might have read so this wrong. Probably the same. No, no, no. I lied. It's Kevin. And then Brian. Oh, wait, no, it was, it was Brian. Because Kevin subtweeted him saying interesting read and it's an article called i lost my best friend to QAnon." oh my god <laughs> yikes so it's it's just yeah uh that is where my that is where my uh loyalties kind of slowly dwindled with them which i mean 
I will, they will, it won't taint my childhood, but at the same time, I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue down that road with them. Sorry to pull the wind out of your sails, Kel. <laughs> but mm-hmm. he, he also grew up in the South and was like a bap, like super Baptist and all that stuff. So it's not super surprising, but. I mean, I'm not making excuses for anybody. They're like condoning any activity that, you know, whatever. But um, for me, it doesn't take away from their music and i'm always like i'm always gonna have good associations with them like they're always gonna be one of my favorite bands like you know can you separate the music from the artist you know some people can some people can't i will always love them and you know i don't respect everything that every person does when aj was a a drug addict for half of oh right i forgot about that you know stuff like i didn't condone that but i still loved him that's fair (laughs) um (laughs) I completely forgot about that, to be quite honest. Yeah, it just comes down to, like, what what bands slash music, like, what, what they've done that, uh, whether you can, it ends up that you can separate the the music from the person. Um, another person that is, you know, questionable, and by questionable, I mean he's a piece of fucking garbage, uh, is R. Kelly. But I would be lying if I said that if Remix, or if Ignition Remix comes on, I'm gonna bop along to it. Like, th- and it, to be fair, that's the only song by R. Kelly I will ever listen to ever again. But I can't. Ha- He's garbage. And I need someone to re record that song in order so I can to, still so listen to it. So you're allowed to enjoy it? Yes, I need someone to re record it. I need someone to. I always to... forget it's him. So when I start listening to it, I'm like jamming. And then halfway through, I like. Through, you're oh, like, oh, fuck. Right. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> well, that's like, it, it's like a wedding staple so ever since like all that shit happened and whatnot and i'm at a wedding and i'm listening to it i'm like yeah and then all of a sudden i'm like oh damn it i'm gonna go get a water or something because i'm sad um (laughs) but um another you know guilty pleasure which is you know a questionable human being uh growing up like i said before my parents were very big on playing their own music for us rather than letting us listen to top music of the time um so my mom loves to this day michael jackson and he's a problematic person to say the fucking least but he is yes. an amazing artist and it's arguably hard. one of like the t- uh, arguably like the top he's pop the king artist. of pop he's literally the king of pop and it's yeah. so hard to you know separate sometimes but like the amount of bangers the amount of music like it's just oh yeah so good insane we were actually um the other day having a discussion with my parents um because my boyfriend's a huge queen fan um i grew up on queen my parents are huge queen fans um but you know i also grew up on like michael jackson like you and you know 80s stuff and whatnot but um we were my dad was arguing that uh freddie and queen were Mm -hmm. um better than michael and i said I, so that's now, a hot goddamn take yeah super hot take I, but i was like look i love me some queen but you know i they're well like i think both of them are obviously significant and legends queen more so like in the rock space right obviously mm-hmm. and um you know it's it's intergenerational but like you know michael is 
uh, intergenerational, like, uh, cross, he crosses races, he crosses everything. Like, he's just mm-hmm. so much more. And, like, you know, statistically, like, you know, I'm pretty sure Michael Jackson has a lot more. Um, yeah. Up there Records than Queen. Stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, just to put into perspective how much my mother loves Michael Jackson, they had tickets to go see his tour the one that he died right before and -hmm. she was so upset and you know when they put like the this is it um movie out or like the concert movie or whatever Mm -hmm. my dad bought it on pay-per-view recorded it and it is still living on their dvr right now because (laughs) every once in a while when my mom is in like like it's been a godsend during quarantine because when she gets like really like down and sad my mom my dad will make her a drink blast the concert throughout the house and she will just dance around the house and every once in a while I'll just get a video from my dad and my mom yes it is it's like a weighted blanket but like you know music Music. and it's weird (laughs) for so long I never really thought of my parents as being like super into music because like it they would play music around us but they never really talked about it but like seeing something like that it's like maybe that is where I get my love of music from you know Mm -hmm. and then as I've gotten older and I've been going to concerts, listening to my dad talk about, oh yeah, you didn't realize the reason why my hearing sucks and I've damaged my ears is because I was a front row for Van Halen and I blew up my eardrums standing right next to the speaker. And I was like, what? And he's like, oh yeah, and I've met ZZ Top before. I'm like, what? <laughs> Sorry, what? Say what yeah, he was he was at like a, a, a gas station after one of their concerts and apparently they like stopped and he just like said hi real quick. And But yeah, so... No big deal. The life of Nank is infamous, but it's just, you know, it's it's weird to think that, like, for so long I never really thought of them as, like, music lovers until, you know, as I got older yeah. and started showing my love. And they're like, oh, well, and then this and then this and all this stuff, so. It, yeah, it's an interesting perspective, right? Because, um, you know, as a music lover, it's it sounds like a silly term because it's like, who doesn't love music? But some people just, you know, they're not they're Like, it's music. good. Yeah, but they're not, like, it's not, like, their lives. It's not their obsessions, um, you know? So when you, yeah, like you said, like, you think about your parents, didn't really think about them as music lovers, but, like, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess. They're just not, you know, obsessed. Yeah, exactly. I would probably, like, categorize my parents as not music lovers. I think they just had, like, they had artists that they liked. Um, like, my dad loves Billy Joel and Josh Groban, but, like... Mm. That is a he- weird gap. <laughs> Between I mean, yeah. Josh Groban but and he, Billy Joel. I mean, both are amazing artists. Like, I love them both, but, like, yeah. that's a... I feel like he coincide. gets on this, like, train where he'll, like, listen to... He'll, like, find something he likes, and then he just listens to that. Mm-hmm. So, like, how many times so, like, have you. I heard Piano Man, like, literally 100 million times? Wait, so, no, it's <laughs> like you. That's what you do. You find a band you love, and you just I listen do. to them constantly. See? Yeah. We learn shit from our parents. I know. And my mom... You know, she she had like kind of a, like a more um, like popular music, um, you know, take. I guess she she does really like Barry Manilow. I would say if she had an obsession with an artist, it would be Barry Manilow. Um, I've been to probably four Barry Manilow concerts with her as an adult. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, there. I mean, that so that's really fun. Like getting to experience like some someone that my mom is like obsessed with in the music world is like yeah. really cool because like I see myself or like I I see how we're so similar mm-hmm. when you know in mm-hmm. those moments 
Um, but I was thinking about this, like trying to think about like what my parents listened to and like could it have influenced me. And I think a lot of, you know, the like music in our house and things like that were just like now I just remember them. Like it helps me remember moments, I think, that, yeah. you know, I had yeah. with my parents. And um, I remember like we, we used to have this record player in our living room in, in the house we grew up in. I grew up in. And we would just like, my mom would like let me pick a pick a record and like throw it on the record player, and we would just like dance in the living room and like just Aww, sing together, and it's so, so fun. And it would be like it's raining men. It was the thing is, it was like the same singles like over and over again <laughs> for like years. So it was it's raining men. That was like one of the main ones. That was a mainstay for a long time. Great song. And then like oh what a night. What was that Great Frankie song. Valley? Um. And then this other one, which, like, no one's ever really heard of. It's from the 60s, I think. Um, it's called She Can't Find Her Keys. And So we my, were... my anthem is what you're saying? <laughs> it's, you, ha- you have to listen to the song. It's amazing. Um, it's basically just, like, it, it's this song about, you know, this couple just went on a date, and this guy is singing this song about, like, it's time to go, but she can't find her keys. She pulls out lipstick, bubble gum, like, all this stuff out of her purse, but she can't find her keys. Paul and the Peterson. entire song, the entire song is just him listing stuff that she's pulling out of her purse, but she can't find her keys. That's and funny. we used to know, like, every single word to the song and just dance around the living room about, like, singing She Can't Find Her Keys. Um, and it's just so fun. So, like, there's, I think mostly, like, what I remember of, like, music that you know my parents used to listen to is just like I think the memories behind it more than like it influenced me to like a certain kind of music but I, yeah, I identify I agree. too yeah me too um like we had um at home um like a big like stereo system and we'd always put music on and like dance to it up and then like in the car we had um a tape with uh, hey mickey on it and oh, that was no. like on repeat like growing up and um yes. I, I i mean but yeah like all the 80s stuff like um uh, we were always like singing that in the house like on saturdays and with my parents and like i i, I don't remember because i was two but i have the <laughs> i i have the memory of seeing the video from my dad's birthday um when the tears for fears album with shout came out um and there's a uh a video of me and my dad he's like singing it and i'm like shout and shout and just like shaking my head <laughs> like this little two-year-old that had just woken up with her hair everywhere oh my um, god so yeah i mean it's not a memory that i physically have but we have the video of it and stuff like that it's cool to see you know mm-hmm. yeah when when i was a kid um i think my love of the beatles came from my dad well my love of the beatles and uh like the rat pack era vibe was from my dad which ironically he was like super into like heart like rock music but he never played that around us i don't know why and i don't know how it didn't like translate but um when i was a kid ironically enough i was a morning person like like even in like junior high i was up at like you know 6 a.m whatever my dad's a super morning person too so every saturday morning uh we would get up i'd get up early with him we would go, like, fill up my mom's car with gas, get it washed. Like, he would do all these cute little things for her. And then we, him and I would go out to breakfast by ourselves. And anytime we were running errands, it was always either the Beatles uh, album, well, albums, 
uh, or Rat Pack stuff. So anytime I hear like the Beatles, I associate with my dad. And then same with like that stuff. It's just, you know, that time getting to spend like, I mean, even in psychology, they kind of talk about how sights and smells can trigger different memories and emotions and Mm -hmm. stuff. So it's not surprising that, you know, songs would do the same. Yeah. So like I, um, another thing that I grew up with, which is like, you know, such a far cry from uh, pop punk. Um, My grandma lived with us when I was a kid and I, and this, I actually do have like vivid memories of like whenever, um, you know, my parents occasionally play like um, Argentinian tango. Um, if it's like a specific artist, uh, I don't know his name, but I know him by, by voice. Yeah. It instantly brings me back to like our old house um, when we lived in North Jersey, where I shared a room with my grandma, and she'd like put that on, and like we'd dance, and so it, it, it's crazy, like you know how the way the mind works and um, the how music can uh, you can attach memories to it, and uh, it'll bring you back there. Well, I think I think just like no matter what kind of music it is like nothing needs to be a guilty pleasure like music is music and we've talked about this on the show time and time again genre is like fading away like genre one day is probably not going to be a thing like there are so there's so much crossover and you know just music is music and I feel like we've you know taking this little break from pop punk and taking a look at you know, popular music today, popular music when we were growing up, and popular music from, um, you know, from our parents. I think all of it kind of just comes together with the fact that, like, music is music, and you like what you like, and mm-hmm. um, there's no need to, you know, be ashamed of the music you listen to. If you like pop punk, like, shout from the rooftops, and come hang out with us on the mosh pit. Mm-hmm. And you know what's also important well is to not shit on other people for liking what they like. True. So yes. that way we don't have to feel the shame. Stop the stigma. But I'm still going to shit on people who like MGK. Even though I was like literally I said, just going <laughs> to say that. I knew you were going to say it. I was like, I'm like, come on, Michelle. We, we've been on, we were doing well. <laughs> I couldn't help uh, it. It was right there. It was right there for the grabbing. I know. Uh, on that all right. note. <laughs> Well, thank you everyone for joining us on this interesting break from pop punk. And uh, we hope you guys uh, continue to celebrate our one year anniversary with us on social media at the Mosh Pit Pod on Facebook and Instagram. We'll be posting photos and stuff so you can see what everything looks like. Get excited. So until next time, or you see all our stuff on social, all our merch on social, and you decide to buy it, hashtag Mosh on.